Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. So much to our praise team for leading us in worship this morning and for just creating an atmosphere for us to really step into this new year. Uh, We made it to 2021. Can you believe it? We are here by the grace of God, and I am just so grateful for not just Uh, God being with us through this holiday season, but I am so grateful for what I know God is going to do in this place in this new year. And so we have a lot in store, and I'm going to talk about a little bit of it today. But before we jump in, man, just, just bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We bless you. Indeed, you are an awesome, worthy God. You are worthy to be praised. And so we are so just overwhelmed with gratitude as you have brought us through this last year. And now we step into a new year in 2021 in Christ Jesus. And God, we just, in this moment, we want to open up our hearts. We want to open up our minds. We want you just to do a new thing in us. We want you just to hit the reset button in our hearts and in our minds and on on this year, oh God. And we want to see you be high and lifted up in our homes, in our families, in our communities. And so, God, we invite you into this moment. We invite you into this moment right now. May you be praised and may you be glorified. God, I just want to pray for that person who didn't think that they were going to make it. I want to pray for that person where it got so bad around April, May, June, July, they couldn't see how they would make it through the holiday season, to the holiday season. But God, here they are. And, and while we are not so naive to think that the changing of the calendar means that everything is going to be different, God, we do believe that there is something symbolic and something important that happens when we start this new season. And so we invite you, we invite you into this space. Lord, be praised, be glorified, be lifted up. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord again. I am super excited. Um, we have been talking as, our t- as a team and as a staff just about what we feel God wants to do in our lives in this 2021. And man, I still remember when it was Y2K. Anybody remember Y2K out there? <laughs> Anybody remember when it was like we, that your microwave was going to stop working and everything in your house was going to blow up because, because something was wrong with the clocks? Well, I remember when we were in Y2K and no one thought that we would make it this far. And here we are 21 years later in 2021. And obviously this last year was a tough, difficult year for so many of us. But I'm hopeful for what we have in store for this new year and for what God wants to do in us in this new year. Now, as Ms. Paula mentioned to you guys already, we are going to start this new year off with a 21-day slow-down journey. 
That's what we're calling it. It's a 21-day slow-down journey. And the reason why we're doing this, historically, or I could say, probably say traditionally at this church, we have always had some type of 21-day fast to begin the year off. And we felt like, yeah, you know what? 2021 is not going to be any different. We're going to start 2021 off with a 21-day slow-down journey. And so we're actually starting today. Today is day one of this 2021, of 21-day slow-down journey. And essentially what we want you to do is we want you to take the next 21 days and we want you to literally slow down. Yeah, we want you to slow down. We want you to slow your pace down. We want you to slow your rhythm down. We want you to slow um, just the hustle down. We want you to step into a place where you can just slow down and begin to just truly experience the pacing of God in your life. And so the way that we're doing this is we're challenging you to identify something that you wanna, for the 21 days that you wanna fast from, it might be social media, it might be food, it might be, you know, certain beverages or certain uh, food items that you want to fast from. Um, it might be television or media in some capacity. We want to encourage you to fast during the next 21 days. We also want to encourage you to take time every single day. And, and I just believe firmly in what Daniel did, uh, where Daniel prayed three times a day and that there was just something powerful about him taking time and consecrating specific times of the day to spending with God. And so I want to challenge you during the next 21 days that you would also embrace a, 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 a a rhythm of prayer throughout your day, three times a day that you would just take time and spend it with God in prayer. At the same time, we don't want you to journey alone. So we have a, a prayer line every morning, Monday through Friday at, at 6 a.m., where we want to invite you to come on and to pray with us. That can be one of your times of prayer, where you journey with us in prayer at 6 a.m., and you start your day off with a community of believers. We want to invite you to really focus on, you know what, over the next 21 days, what do I sense that God wants to do in my family? What do I sense God wants to do in my, in my finances, with my, in myself, in my marriage, with my children, on my job, in my, in my professional life, maybe in my academic life? We really want you to slow down because we want you to hear from God. And see, the heart of this really is about it's about, it's really driven by resolution. So obviously when we step into this new year, many of us, we step into this new year with resolutions. This is just something that most people do. Most people start off with new year's resolutions. And I don't know if anyone out there, if you have resolutions that you've already kind of committed to, and if you did, that's great. But what I wanna do is we actually wanna, we wanna shift. We don't wanna do resolutions because resolutions are goal oriented. We wanna do formations. I wanna call it formations. So it's not a resolution. A resolution says, okay, I'm going to, um, I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna lose 15 pounds, right? That, that's an admirable resolution. But we don't wanna do a resolution because it's, it's goal-oriented. 15 pounds, it's goal-oriented. There's a starting line and there's a finish line. What I wanna challenge you to do is I want you to, what I wanna challenge you to do is I want you to embrace formations which are growth-oriented. So a formation says, you know what, it's not so much about losing 15 pounds. I mean, that's a great goal, but what I want to do is I want to be formed. I want to grow into a person that works out regularly. 
right? So, so do you, are you following me? Are you tracking like the difference? So a resolution is goal oriented. It says, hey, I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to save this X amount of money in my bank account or I want to get married this year or I want to have a better relationship this year. And those things are fine. But what I found is that a lot of us, we struggle with resolutions. In fact, the statistics already tell us that most people don't make it through January keeping their resolutions. And so I just feel that we should be less concerned about goals and resolutions and more concerned about who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Like, I want to be formed into something. I want to I grow into something. I want to be shaped into something. And so we want to challenge you to think growth, to think formation, to think development. So in 2021, the question is, what type of person do you want to become? In 2021, what type of person do you want to embody? What do you want to, how do you want to be formed and shaped? Because this is something that I'm realizing more and more, and I don't know, 2020 really taught me, I'm sure all of us, some very important lessons. And one of those lessons that I learned in 2020 is that life happens to all of us, And the reality is, if I got any witnesses in the house, you know that life is hard. And we experienced some hard life in 2020. I mean, we lost hundreds of thousands of individuals because of the COVID. We lost so many people in our families and friends because of everything that has happened to us. Everything with the police riots and the police brutality and the protests, all of these things. 2020 taught us a very hard lesson. And that lesson is that life is hard for everyone. And that, I don't know how you are feeling, but what I was thinking this time last year was that, oh, I'm about to step into my best year, right? Oh, I'm about to, I'm about to kill it in 2020. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things I've always never, I've never dreamed of doing, but I'm gonna do some things this new year. And then COVID hit and life stopped. And it was almost as if I began to realize that, you know what, like this life, it's not easy for anybody. And that all of us out there, all of us, every single one of us, that we have some form, some shape, some type of cross that we are carrying. Do I have a witness? If you got a cross, just put it in the chat. I got a cross. I got a cross. Your cross might be your marriage. Your cross might be your kids. Your cross might be your parents. Your cross might be a coworker. Your cross might be some type of health challenge that you're experiencing, right? All of us have a cross. The issue is not how do we get rid of the cross, Ash. That's not the issue. The challenge is not how do we make our cross lighter, Ricky. That's not, that's not what this thing is about. What 2020 taught us is that it's not about how we can get rid of the cross or make the cross lighter. What 2020 taught us is how do we develop the strength and the fortitude and the determination that no matter what the cross is or how large or how heavy the cross might be, we will endure under the weight of this cross. It's like what 2020 taught me was that, you know what, if you're gonna really succeed in life, there has to be some some determination There has to be some resilience. There has to be some some fortitude that you're willing to bear that no matter what happens in your life, you will not allow the pressure from outside, the pressure from your family, the pressure from your job, the pressure from the things that affect you, you won't allow the pressure to crush you. 
That's what 2020 taught me, that, that life is hard for everyone. And my burden for us as we go into this new year is that we would understand that it's not about reaching a certain goal. Oh, if I can just have this perfect family, which is a goal. Oh, if I can just have perfect finances, which is a goal. Oh, if I can just have a perfect relationship with God, which is a goal. The, 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 what I want us to learn in this new year is that it's not about the goal. It's about how do I become the type of individual that has the, that has the ability to, to stand under the pressure and to endure no matter what's happening in my life. How do I become that person? How do I become that person that you know what, when all hell is breaking loose and it feels like I am just, I am being attacked right now, how do I endure? And so the word, we selected a word, a word that we want to really characterize our experience in God and our experience as a Relove family in 2021. And this word that we selected and that I've been praying about for the last couple of weeks is this word called rhythm. Rhythm. Yeah, yeah, you know about rhythm, yeah. Yeah, 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 you should know, you should know about rhythm. You should know about rhythm, Kev. Like, like we, you know, our musicians know all about rhythm, right? Like, like, like rhythm, rhythm, rhythm is the word that we've selected for this new year. Because what we want you to experience is yes, we want you to experience determination, and yes, we want you to be resilient, and yes, we want you to be strong and have fortitude, and yes, we want you to be growing in your relationship with God, but ultimately, we want you to be able to understand and to implement the rhythm of grace in your life. A rhythm that is, that is different than a routine. So let me just break it down for you real quick. So a routine says, okay, every single day I'm gonna eat oatmeal, right? I'm gonna eat more oatmeal. Every day I get up and I have my oatmeal. I have my cup of coffee and it's routine, right? And as, as long as things are going well, you are gonna have your oatmeal. A routine says, you know what? Every day I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna go to the gym or I'm gonna go to my garage and I'm gonna work out every single day. That's a routine. And routines are good. There's nothing wrong with routines. But sometimes when life gets hard or you get busy, like your routines get, get broken or routines get thrown off course. What we don't want you to focus, we don't want you to focus on routines. We want you to focus on rhythm. You see, a routine is, is, is static. A routine is like, it's, it's, it's something that we're gonna get, do. It, it doesn't really change. However, a rhythm, a rhythm is flexible. A rhythm is dynamic. A rhythm is something that, that, is, that is mobile and that flows and that it ebbs. And so I recognize that, man, I want to implement the rhythm, a rhythm with God where I am walking with God and talking with God and hearing the voice of God. And yeah, there may be some routine to it. So I have my time in the morning where I'm spending time with God. But the reality is like, you know what? There may be some days I wake up late and I don't do it, but it's okay because I'm flowing. There may be some days I just get overwhelmed with the pressure of life. And I might just feel like, man, why is my life so hard? But it's okay because I am, I've, I'm entering into this flow. I'm entering into this, 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 this rhythm where, where even though my walk with God, there are highs and there are lows, but I just keep walking with him. We want you to discover a rhythm in your life, a rhythm of God's grace, a rhythm of God's love, 
a rhythm of your spiritual walk with God, that no matter what happens to you, it's almost like you are on a ship in the middle of the ocean and there's a storm and your boat is going up and down, but your boat just finds how it can just ride those waves and it stays afloat because it is operating in rhythm. If they just put it in the chat, rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. I want you to find, I want you to find a rhythm. And when we talk about rhythm, what we're really trying to drive home for you this first month is that we want you to find a slow-paced rhythm with God. We want you to find a, a crock pot type of rhythm, right? Right. Like if I got any cooks, chefs in the house, you know that a crock pot is like is one of those instruments that will just really set you apart. It really has the ability to take your meal from like zero to like next level because the crock pot is something that it doesn't happen quickly. Right? It takes some time, but as it, as it takes time, it allows the, the, the seasoning and the juices to really just, uh, just saturate and, 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 and soak down deep into whatever you're cooking. So that in a couple hours, when your dish is done, like it's just on a whole nother level because of this crock pot. Now, there's some of us out there who, you know, I'm not gonna point any fingers at myself, but you know, some of us out there who prefer the Instapot. Right? <laughs> no, no, listen, don't talk about the Instapot. I love me some Instapot, but the Instapot ain't the crock pot. Right? The Instapot is for all of us wannabe chefs out there who, listen, we just want a meal real quick and we want it to taste somewhat good. So we'll throw some stuff in the Instapot and it'll be done in 10 minutes. I cook my greens in the Instapot. Right? I, I put them in there and I put my seasoning and listen, in 10 minutes the greens are done. But there ain't nothing like cooking greens in a crock pot. There's something about that slow process that does something to the, to the food, to the vegetables, to the meat that the Instapot can't do. And what, and what we're trying to really drive home as we enter into this new year is that we want a crock pot. The first 21 days, we want to slow down. Because Ricky, formation takes time. Formation takes time. If you're going to be formed into something, it takes you deliberately slowing down, pushing off the hurry and the hustle and the bustle, and just walking at a slow pace. I've realized in 2020, even though it seems like we shut down church and we've shut down work and schools are at home now and it seems like, okay, we're not traveling as much. I found that my pace became more and more quick, more hurried. So even though I was traveling less, I was doing more in 2020. And I found myself constantly in a hurry. And there's a few things that hurry does to us. Number one, hurry increases stress. Do I got anybody out there who can just testify? You know, right? You're trying to get your kids together. I'm trying to get my kids together. And if I'm trying to like hurry them up, like I'm getting stressed, I'm, I'm hollering, kind of hollering, not kind of hollering, I'm hollering at them, 
right? They're getting stressed because I'm hollering at them. I'm telling them to get dressed. It just happened this morning. I'm like, yo, get dressed, get dressed. I told you to get dressed a hundred times. Why are you not getting dressed, right? I, like, like literally hurry stresses us out. Have you ever been on the highway and you've been trying to get somewhere and there's like traffic jam packed and what is, your, what is the thing that you do? You get stressed. You start trying to figure out, okay, how can I work around this traffic? Maybe I should just jump in the carpool lane even though I'm just one person in the car. Maybe I should like swerve over into the fast track. Like, like we get stressed when we are in a hurry. You know, it's hard to love when you're in a hurry. Yeah. When you're in a hurry, it's hard to love. It's hard to be patient when you're in a hurry. And so we know, number one, hurry increases our stress. Number two, hurry decreases our joy. Yeah, it, when, when you are in a hurry, it's almost like the, the faster you go, the more you miss. I mean, have you ever just gone for a jog? And maybe you're running at a semi-jogging fast pace. And because you're jogging, and there's nothing wrong with jogging, no shade, right? Because you're jogging, you can't really take in everything. You can't really listen to the birds singing. You can't really see the colors of the trees changing. You can't really notice the landscaping of the, of the neighbors and your neighbors in the house because you're, you're kind of in a hurry. You're jogging. You're kind of focused on where you're trying to go. You're just trying to cross that one mile or that two mile or that three mile walk because, because you're jogging. And when you're in a hurry, it decreases joy because you can't really take in all of the beauty and the splendor of life. This has happened to me so many times. You're driving somewhere, you're late for an appointment, and you miss so much because you're in a hurry. But if you slow down, my wife and I at times have the, have the privilege of taking slow walks together around our neighborhood. And a lot of times we'll just walk so slow and we'll just like look at other people's landscaping and we'll look at like, you know, we're not bird watchers, but I can imagine if we had some binoculars, we would just like see what we could find in the trees because there's so much that we miss when we are speeding up and when we're in, when we're in a hurry. So not only does hurry increase stress, but hurry also decreases joy. Hurry also makes you less productive. You think you're doing a lot when you're in a hurry, and you think you're able to multitask, but research and studies have shown that multitaskers are actually less productive than people who focus on one thing at a time. And so hurry, it makes us less, less productive. The last thing that I've realized about hurry is that hurry really is the death the death of prayer. Hurry is the death of prayer. Because prayer is a conversation. Prayer is you slowing down and you talking with and engaging God on a level that you're able to hear from him and you're able to really express your thoughts. But if you're in a hurry, it is hard to hear from God. And so this 21 days, we really want to take time to slow down. We can't always be busy. We can't always be rushing. 
and running. You have to slow down. That might mean you have to get up a little bit earlier. That might mean you have to prepare the night before. That might mean you need to just um, uh, make sure that you're planning your days a little bit better. But we want to encourage you to embrace a slow pace with God. You know, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see that Jesus was never in a hurry. Like, like literally, one of his best friends was about to die. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. And they came and like, yo, your best friend, the one that you love, Lazarus, is about to die. And Jesus like, all right, I'll be there in two days. Like, literally, he was like, okay, like, if you got notification that your, one of your loved ones was about to die, you would, like, cut what you're doing ASAP, I'll be there in 10 minutes. But Jesus like, okay, I'll be there in two days. Like, Jesus was never in a hurry. The crowds would be pushing him, and Jesus would be like, you know what, I'm just going to go hang out with my father a little bit. And he would just leave the crowds, and he would leave the demand, and he would just go spend time with the father. And I want us to embrace this, this, this pace, this rhythm that Jesus embraced. Where Jesus was in a hurry, he lived a slowed life. I mean, literally, he didn't step into his, his career, into his profession until he was 30. Many, many of us out there, we're trying to retire by the time we're 30. And Jesus was just stepping into this thing. He literally was on a different path. And this is what's interesting, is because when you think about what Jesus is doing and has done, Jesus is constantly calling us into relationship with him. In fact, the Bible says, listen, follow me, follow me. That's the, that's the call of Christ upon our lives. Come follow me. And many of us, we're watching this right now because we have made the decision to follow him over thinking about following him. And so we follow Jesus, but for most of us, when we think about following Jesus, it is, okay, I'm going to believe theologically that Jesus is the son of God. Following Jesus means I am going to accept Jesus's death and sacrifice on my behalf. So I am now covered. I'm justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to try to love my enemies and I'm going to try to bless those that curse me. Um, and so what I'm basically saying is I am going to take um, this belief system of who Christ is and I'm going to layer him on my life. And I'm also going to layer um, how Jesus treated people on my life. So Jesus was kind. Jesus turned the other cheek. I'm going to try to do that by the power of the Holy Ghost. And those things are good. But I think that there's a third component to this idea of following Jesus that we need to understand. And that when Jesus was inviting us to follow him, he's literally saying, follow my pace. Follow my style. Follow, follow my routine. Follow my daily rhythm. Yeah, I mean, yes, believe that I am the son of God. Yes, I want you to accept my death on your behalf. Yes, I want you to turn the other cheek, but I also want you to get up a, a great while before it's day and spend some time with me. I also want you to pull away from the hustle and bustle of life and just shut off all the devices, shut off your social media, shut off your phone, like give your phone a Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and what's, what's crazy is that like when you turn it on, guess what? All the text messages will still be there, right? Like you won't have missed anything, they'll all come back, right? Give your phone a Sabbath. 
and literally say, I'm going to follow not just the theology of Jesus and not just how Jesus treated people, but I want to follow Jesus's rhythm. I want to rest and have a pacing with Christ that we see in Jesus. And so my, our main text today is Matthew chapter 11. It's a very familiar passage. Verse 28, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then he says this, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I just want to break this text down because it's almost as if Jesus understands that fundamentally life is hard. And the way that we interpret this text traditionally is that if I follow Jesus, that somehow Jesus will make my life easy. But that's not what this text is saying. Jesus does not make life easy. He's, he doesn't come in and he doesn't somehow change your situation, right? Because many of us have been walking with Christ for a long time, but we still got drama in our families, we still got drama in our homes. We still got stuff that we personally, interpersonally are wrestling with, our own spiritual issues, our own physical issues, our own mental issues. Come on now, let's talk about it. Like, like we've been walking with Christ and we believe theologically that he is the son of God, but we still are battling a hard life. And what Jesus does is Jesus shows up and Jesus says, when you accept me and you take my yoke, it is not an escape from reality. Jesus does not offer us an escape. And we learn this in 2020 because we tried to escape. We tried to like, I can't do this anymore. We checked out, but, but it didn't get any better. Christ says, I don't offer you an escape. What I offer you is a piece of equipment. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. He says, he says, I want to give you a piece of equipment. And what this piece of equipment will do is it, is it, is it doesn't take away the struggle. It doesn't take away the burden. It doesn't take away the pain. But what this piece of equipment does is it ties you to me and, and as you are tied to me, what you realize through this piece of equipment is that I'm the one who's really carrying the bulk of the weight. Okay, okay, you're not with me, so let me come and get you, right? So he says, uh, come unto me, all ye who are, who, are, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So it's an invitation to come. He's like, come and give me rest. And then the very next sentence he says, and take my yoke. Now, now those two things seem contradictory. Because he says, come and I will give you rest. And when you, when, if you tell someone, hey, come over to my house, I'm going to give you rest. What I would anticipate is that they have a mattress for me. <laughs> that they got a nice soft couch for me. Maybe they got some banana bread. Come on now, Paula. Uh, maybe they got, maybe, maybe they got some, some good drink for me. They got a, um, the Lakers game. Like, like they, got, they got a spot for me where I can just sit up and I can just chill. They got a babysitter for me. Come on now, all, the, all my parents out there. Come on, can I get a witness? Right? They got somebody who's, listen, I'm going to give you some rest, Pastor. Just come on over to my house and you don't got to worry about a thing. Right? That's what rest means to us. But what Christ says is come to me and I will give you rest. And in the very next sentence, he says, and take my yoke. A yoke is not an instrument of rest. 
a yoke is an instrument of work. It's almost like you saying, hey, Ricky, come over to my house, and I'm going to give you rest. And then when he gets there, I give him like a mop and like a bucket and like a shovel and like, yo, like go to work. Like he's like, yo, I came, I came for a rest. I didn't came for work. And that's like essentially what Jesus is saying. He's like, come, I'll give you rest. But then he says, take my yoke. Well, let's understand the yoke. That this yoke is, an inch, is, is, is a piece of equipment that a lot of times they would use, not a lot of times, all the time, they would use to tie two oxen together and the two oxen would be yoked up. You all know this. And they would use this yoke to bind the oxen together so that the oxen could plow the field. And what Christ is saying is, I will give you my piece of equipment. I will give you my yoke. And when you put my yoke on your back, what you will very quickly learn is not that the, the burden has gone away or that life is now easier or that somehow you are escaping the pain. What you will quickly learn is that I am with you every step of the way because the yoke, this piece of equipment is literally binding you to me. And what it is trying, what Christ is trying to convey to us is that when you are in relationship with me, I will carry most of the weight. Huh? I will carry pretty much all of the weight, all of the burden, all of the struggle that you're having to deal with. Now, we know this theologically. We've heard this message before. Where we struggle is we still feel the weight. Okay, let me, let me circle this chair real quick, and then let me come back to you. We still feel the weight. I still feel the weight of my burden. I still feel the weight, the weight of my, my situation with my family. I still feel the weight of my marriage. I still feel the weight of my children. I still feel the weight of my, my finances and I just feel like I can't breathe. I still feel the weight of, of working in a job where I'm not professionally fulfilled. I still feel the weight of my health challenges. I still feel the weight of COVID and the political environment we just came out of. And all of these issues bearing down on us. I still feel the weight. So Christ, you're telling me that if I take your yoke, that you will make uh, the burden light and the yoke will be easy and the burden will be light, but, but I still feel the weight. And what I wanna suggest to you is that the reason why you may still feel the weight, even though you have accepted Christ, is because you are not at a walking pace. You're not at a walking pace. You are still hustling and hurrying and running and what Christ says, take my yoke and walk with me. Are you walking with him? Are you walking? Or are you taking the yoke of Christ and then you're trying to move ahead and because you're trying to move ahead and Christ is going slow because Christ moves slow and Christ is never in a hurry. Christ is not in a hurry to fix your marriage. He's not in a hurry to get you out of debt. <laughs> He's not in a hurry to, 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 to reconcile your relationships. He's not in a hurry to get you to that perfect job, to get you to climb the ladder of success. He is not in a hurry to do anything because Christ does not operate in hurry. But because you're in a hurry, you're running ahead of Christ. And because you're running ahead of Christ, you are feeling the weight of your life still resting on your shoulders. What Christ is saying is, I gave you my yoke, but you're not at a walking pace with me. Come walk with me. 
get up in the morning and walk with me. Throughout your day, walk with me. You cannot walk with Christ, this is for somebody out there, and spend most of your day on social media. You cannot walk with Christ and spend most of your day watching the news. You cannot walk with Christ and spend every waking moment underneath the stimulus of some type of media form, whether it's a podcast, NPR, some blog, some audio book, whether you're driving the car, you're listening to something. You cannot walk with Christ and constantly be bombarded by external stimulus. When you walk with Christ, you have to slow down, you have to shut off the noise, and you just have to say, God, I'm going on a slow slow, quiet walk with you where no one can find me but you. That's why, that's why David says, that's why David says in Psalms 91, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What he's trying to communicate to us is if you find that hidden place, that secret place, that place where no one else knows where you are, you're not taking your phone and, 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 and recording your stories as you are spending time with God. No, this ain't for nobody else's eyes but you and God. And you find that secret place, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So if you are feeling the burden of Christ, if you, are, no, if you are feeling the burden of life, if you are feeling the challenge of life, if you are feeling the stress of life, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you, I want to beg of you to walk with Christ. For he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love, I love how Eugene Peterson in the message version, he says it this way. Same text, Matthew 11. He says, are you tired? <laughs> are you worn out? Do I got any witnesses out there? He says, are you burned out on religion? Look what he says. He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Ha! Now watch what he says. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, ah, I love this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. He says, keep, keep company with me. It's almost like Christ is, the, Christ is saying to us, there is a pace in life. <laughs> Walking with Christ, <laughs> it, it's like driving the speed limit. <laughs> okay, I know I, got, I know I got a witness out there. Because don't none of y'all out there drive the speed limit. Come on now, be honest with me, right? It's like driving the speed limit. Literally, literally I want to challenge you today or tomorrow, the next time you're in your car, get on the highway and just drive the speed limit. Just drive the speed limit. If you drive the speed limit, you know what will happen? You know what will happen? It will feel like you are driving at a snail's pace because cars will literally be flying by you. In fact, I'll never forget when, when Holly, my wife, and I were dating 
And we came out here, um, this was what, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, we came out here for like a, a holiday, a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. And it was probably one of my first times out here in California in a long time. Her brother picked, me, picked us up from, from LAX. And I'll never forget, it was at night. And he got on, what was it, like a 405? He got on one of those highways. And it just seemed like, I'm not, I was coming from Tennessee, right? Chattanooga, slow southern city, right? Don't nobody drive fast out there. And literally, it felt like it was like warp speed. Like when I was on the highway, I was like, man, why are these folk driving so fast? We moved out here and we got accustomed to that pace. My father came out here. I picked him up from LAX and he literally said to us, why is everybody in a hurry? Like, why are people driving so fast? But because I had got accustomed to it, I didn't think it was a hurry. I was like, good, this is just, we got places to go. We got to move, we got to move, we got to move, right? But, but if you just drive the speed limit, Walking with Christ is like driving the speed limit. It will feel like, it will feel like the world is blowing you by. But let me guess, let me tell you something. You will still arrive at your destination. <laughs> you will still reach there safely. And you will reach there with zero amounts of stress in your life. Because when you walk with Christ, you are intentionally slowing down and you are saying, I don't care how fast life is moving around me. I don't care what the fad or what the news cycle or what the latest celebrity or the latest social media, I don't care what's going on. I am having a very close, intimate conversation with my Savior, and we are walking together. That's, that's, that's what Matthew 11 is trying to is trying to communicate to us that if you're tired and if you're worn out and if you're burned out, he says, let me show you how to rest. Walk with me. Walk with me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For the last couple of weeks, I have been just overwhelmed with trying to hear God's voice more so than ever before. I find myself getting up at 4, 4.30 in the morning and just going downstairs where it's still dark and quiet and just trying to shut off everything and hear from God. And yet, I can't lie to you because even at 4.30 in the morning, I feel the pull of my phone upon me. It's almost like there's something psychological that's saying, hey, pick me up, hey, check me, hey, hey, just see what's going on in the news, in the world, see if anyone sent you an email last night. And there is just a pull that is pulling me out of my secret place. That if you are going to walk with God this new year, it will require you intentionally slowing down and even placing, placing those things which will pull you out and distract you in another room, in somewhere else, deleting things, changing things, like, like something has to give. I just feel compelled that right now more than ever, what we need is we need to slow down so that we can hear from God. Because life is not getting any easier. 
Like I, I, I pray 2021 is better than last year, but I'm not keeping, I'm not hopeful, right? Life is not gonna get any easier, but what does get easier for the believer is that we are yoked up and that no matter what happens around us, we know that our, our, our life, our, our, our house, our, our, our family is built on the rock, Christ Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what we learn in, in Matthew 7. He tells us, he's like, listen, there's two houses. One is built on sand, one is built on the rock. Storms come for both of them. Everyone is going through something, but the house that has a sure foundation, the people that are walking with God. And I'm not talking about you living your life and then just somehow saying, well, okay, on top of my life and on top of my goals and on top of my aspirations, I'm going to say I believe in Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you living a life that says, I am going to allow the rhythm of Christ and the person of Christ and the, the, the presence of Christ to slow me down so that no matter what stress and what frustration or what situation I find myself in, I can, I can say I am in the secret place. <laughs> I will endure. I will be okay because I am walking with my Savior. And his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Now, Izzy, you can, you can play for me. Uh, my appeal, simple. We're starting day one of 21. What I want you to do is I want you to go to our website and sign up and get the guide. I want you to join us in our prayer line Monday morning. I want you to lean in and engage in, in, in um, and journeying with us this 21-day slow down. Maybe you won't need to delete some apps from your phone. Maybe you need to delete some numbers from your phone. Maybe you need to cut off cable and say, you know what, I'm just going to cut cable off for these 21 days. Like, I don't even want that temptation there. Maybe you just need to throw some things out. Like maybe you just need to throw the TV out altogether. I don't know. But whatever it is, I want you to lean into these 21 days and say, you know what? I am going to intentionally slow down, not just for slowness sake, but so that I can hear from God and I will experience the easiness of his yoke and the lightness of his burden. Because this is the reality. Some of y'all out there are struggling. A whole lot of y'all out there are struggling. In your families, your marriages, your relationships. Feels like it's too heavy. There is a better way. This is not what Christ intended for his believers. What Christ intended for his believers is what Paul experienced when he says that we are, we are crushed on every side, but we are not consumed. Where Christ said, I feel the weight of life and sin and the stress of life all around me, but I am strong for my inner man is being renewed every single day because I am walking with Jesus. So my appeal, and I want you to put it in the chat. My appeal is that you would say, I'm gonna walk with him. 
I'm gonna find my pace with God in 2021. I'm gonna find that quiet place and I'm gonna come aside and I'm gonna rest a while and I'm gonna spend time. If it means getting up late, if it means staying up late, if it means pausing my day in the middle of my day, if it means deleting some things or shutting off some things, I refuse to allow my life to be bombarded. Some of you all, you are mine to say, you know what, for 21 days, I'm gonna commit to driving the speed limit. <laughs> wherever I am. If it's 40 and a 40, if it's 20, is the speed limit even 20? If it's 20, like wherever I am on the highway, I'm going to set the cruise control to the speed limit and I will not be moved. <laughs> I will not be forced to run ahead because what that represents is me slowing down, exhaling, and experiencing the presence of God. That is my prayer for you. And that is my desire for you. That I want you to find a walking pace with the Father where you will experience him so closely and so intimately that you'll be able to say the words of that old song, he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. He doesn't run with me. <laughs> he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. Father, in the name of Jesus, in this moment right now, we just want to slow down. We are entirely too busy too busy for our own good, <laughs> too busy to grow in Christ, too busy to be formed into your image, too busy to do anything of significance in the spiritual realm because we are in such a hurry and we are hustling and we are, we are running and we are frantic trying to achieve, trying to climb, trying to overcome, trying to obtain and acquire, trying to reach our goals, but yet never becoming the person never being formed in your image because we're just too busy. We've taken your name. We've taken your, your theology and how we should treat one another, but we have not taken your pace. God, today we commit to taking your pace. Today. Today. And I know that when we take your pace, other people around us will look at us like we're crazy. <laughs> we'll be in the, on the highway and people will be honking at us because we're driving too slow. When we're just driving the speed limit, we are taking your pace. We are slowing down. God, my prayers for your people right now who feel crushed by the weight of life overwhelmed, exhausted, exasperated, can't take it anymore. Father, in the name of Jesus, may they slow down. And may you take your yoke and place it on them. And may they experience the pace of Christ and that indeed your yoke is easy and your burden is light when we walk with you. Oh God, this is my prayer. 
This is my prayer for your people. In Jesus' name.